Transmissions from the Dark Side is a tongue-in-cheek look at anthology horror, covering adult themes and concepts in very childish ways. Parental guidance suggested. This week on Transmissions from the Dark Side. The end of the world. A fallout shelter. That's one way to end an episode. Enter if you dare. Welcome to Transmissions from the Dark Side, where we're watching every single episode of seminal 90s horror anthology, Monsters. And reporting it back to you, I am Matt Noss, with me, via the power of the internet, or the internet, either way, my best friends in the whole wide world, if it isn't Jen Hansen and Matt Rose. Yay! Oh, how's everybody doing tonight? So good, Matt. I am very glad that you're doing well, because we have quite the episode for you today. If this Matt, is... how are you? You know what? I'm doing all right. Okay, great. We forgot to ask. If this is your first time joining us, what we do around here is we watch anthology horror. We have watched all of Tales from the Dark Side. We have watched season one of Creepshow. And now we are in the third and final season of Monsters. Anthology horror is a different scary story every week. This week, no exception. Tonight is no exception. Of course not. (laughs) We watched an episode called... The Waiting Game uh, is customary around these parts that we guess what the episode is about based on title alone. So who would like to guess what The Waiting Game is about? Matt Rose. What? Uh, The Waiting Game. For years, Donovan Stewart studied the ancient texts, reread the old interviews, and did his own physical research. Now, after 27 years, he was finally ready. He crept into the moldy crypt and sat beside the mummy's tomb. In just 22 short minutes, he would find out if his life's work was a complete waste of time or if the mummy, Sophia Gog, would rise from its tomb through his incantations and become his tool of revenge. Ooh, Ooh. that's great. Whenever that's I, awesome. Whenever I hear Mummy's Tomb, I'm reminded of this very terrible uh, animation that uh, I found from Penny Arcade. It was two other artists, not the artists that do Penny Arcade. It was called Monster Nash. And it was like, <laughs> it was like bit by a werewolf's tooth, cursed from a mummy's tomb. It's Monster Nash. <laughs> it was just <laughs> the dumbest premise. <laughs> but uh, I loved it. Good dark side guess. Jen, what's your dark side uh, the guess? The waiting game. It's the end of the world, but people still need to get their entertainment. Everyone turns, ev- everyone tunes into Channel 50 on Saturdays to watch The Waiting Game, where contestants have to sit in a room and not get infected. Last one standing wins a cash prize, bragging rights, and the vaccine. Ooh. Ooh. Timely. Timely. Yep, yep. <laughs> hey, let's hear yours. <clears throat> the Waiting Game. Sometimes there's nothing harder than to wait. But when push comes to shove... You gotta gut it out and wait. But when a two-year-old really wants something, the pressure is on as the desire to ruin every moment until they get what they want will test your resolve as you both play The Waiting Game. I'm just starting to play The Waiting Game with an 18-month-old. But, uh, who, buddy? Guys, it is unbelievable. The one-track mindedness of children. (laughs) So my father-in-law has toy trains, and he just put them together this very evening. First time my daughter has seen a toy train. Now, we've watched many YouTube videos of trains, but this is the first time that she's seen it. You would think that it is sundown, sunup, train time. She is falling asleep. And she's like, gotta go back. Gotta go back to those trees. <laughs> it's like, 
we are going to go back for the trains. I just need to go back to cram and pig bees and, uh, and, and play with those trains. Like, you are just go to bed when you wake up. I promise. We're going to eat and we'll go. Just these trains. I really want to play with the trains. Or could I go downstairs and be in my tent, sleep in my tent, and then I can play with the trains? <laughs> no. Get in your bed. Go to bed. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. None of these guesses were correct. So, Jen, please hit us up with those sweet deets. Sweet deets. Sweet deets, guys. All right. We watched season three, episode 10, The Waiting Game. This episode aired on December 9th, 1990. Here's the description from IMDb. Oh, IMDb. Four survivors of a nuclear blowout hide in their shelters, only connected by a walkie-talkie. While unbeknownst to them, the corpses of the dead are reanimated by something older than the radioactivity. Oh, my. Oh, my. This episode was directed by Bruno Spandello. Uh, This is Bruno's only directing credit. He also has um, one acting credit for the TV movie Sex, Love, and Cold Hard Cash. Episode was written by John Fox, who was a stand-up comedian and wrote an episode of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and The New Adventures of He-Man. What? Uh, Lieutenant Eric Tyler was played by Doug McKean. He was like one of the leads in on Golden Pond, and then he was also in a TV movie called Daddy, I Don't Like It Like This, which I believe was recently taken down from Pornhub. Uh, the description of daddy I don't like it like this is a father tries to toughen up his son by paying neighborhood bullies to beat him up oh what Captain Stanley Levitt played by Stephen Burley Stephen Burley was in a lot of TV movies Lieutenant Maureen Knox uh, played by Carrington Garland she played Kelly Capwell in 398 episodes of Santa Barbara uh, she also appeared in Roller Boogie as uncredited. <laughs> and finally, Captain Andrew Garza was played by Leo Garcia. Uh, he was in, um, he's done some TV work here or there, was in 15 episodes of Santa Barbara. And then let's just read his bio here. <clears throat> Leo Garcia is an actor, filmmaker, performance curator, producer, visual artist, and award-winning playwright and has served Santa Monica's Highways Performance Space Artistic Director since 2003, where he has developed and presented over 700 performance works. His work is influenced by the didactic of agri-pop and inspired by the optimism of naivete. Sure. Leo Garcia. Yeah, sure. All of, that, all of that is a sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's uh, that's a short. Oh, 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 honey. Family hour. There must be something on. Oh, crispy critters, my favorite. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh. Oh, oh, look, it's monsters. Our favorite show. <laughs> Let's watch it. Let's watch it. It's starting. Please, musical guest. Musical guest. (laughs) Was Don Pardo Santa? I think Don Pardo, his heavenly job is to become Santa. Oh, somebody write that movie fast. Oh, gosh. And the door from the monsters swings wide open. We've got a set, and it's more than a hallway. It's a hallway into a room. Made of paper. <laughs> that, those, those walls wobble. It looks structurally unsound. Hey, who, who, who put a piece of drywall on a string? We did. We did. Monsters, yeah. 
who has ten dollars to make a show. We do, we do, we do. Oh, it's a top secret base, and they blew all their set design money on these sweet digitized check-in systems. God, they really did because this. Uh, and we can get to this at the end of the episode, but I think this episode overall would have been better if if it had a higher budget. Yes. I think would have been effective. This was a very cheap episode. The, the, yeah. This was a very cheap episode that turned into a six-pack episode, which was really just a two one-liter episode. <laughs> like, it wasn't quite a bottle episode, but it might as well have been. Yeah. Like the bottle was just two bottles joined at the mouth. Yes. <laughs> well, we, so, we do no, no. get to meet our, our two main characters, and it doesn't take very long to understand that they work for the military, and they work inside of a nuclear missile silo. They're, they're walking into work, and they're relieving the other two guys who run the missile silo. And one of these guys, like, he seems business at first, but then he is, like, talking about surfing. He's talking about how cool surfing is. Don't worry about sharks, because sharks don't surf. Then uh, Surfing, talks- the great American sport. American sport. The great American sport. <laughs> Once we annexed Hawaii, stole their natural resources... Surfing became an American sport. He's also a little playful. He put a rubber cockroach in uh, in one of the other... Uh, one of the people who who take over for them, who have yeah. the, I don't know, the day shift or whatever. Yeah, they put a rubber cockroach in, and the, the guy is basically like, thanks, thanks for the rubber cockroach, asshole. Um, so he leaves him a terrifying rubber snake that really yes. gets him. Yeah, what was that cartoon with the sheepdog and the wolf? That's what this oh, was. Yeah. yeah, yeah the Looney yeah. Tunes one. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, hey Sam. Hey, hey Ralph. Ralph. Yeah. <laughs> that's what that's what we have here. But here's a military question because I don't know. They called each other sir. But they look like they were the same rank. But you know uh, what? I'm I'm answering my own so, question here. One of them was a higher rank than the other. Yeah. So uh Levitt was a captain, uh Tyler was a lieutenant. Lieutenant. Uh, and then um, later in the episode, Maureen was a lieutenant and uh, Garza, was a, Garza was a captain. So uh, Levitt and Garza were the same rank and uh, Eric and Maureen were the same rank. Yeah. Uh, so they sit down. They do like 10 seconds of business, of army man business. And then. Um, then it becomes then the opening man... scene to war games. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then our man, Lieutenant Tyler is back to talking about surfing. He's talking about how he's going to be dreaming today about tan beach nymphs uh, smearing his body with coconut with oil. coconut oil. Because uh, he's just... The ultimate wave. And then he's reading Surfer Babe magazine to the point where I began to wonder, is this guy a narc? Because <laughs> you're just, you're a surfer. You're, oh, okay, I can, I can work with that. I can, uh, can, I, can I make my own props? Sure, whatever. It's fine. Just... <laughs> Hey, I'm just 35 hours away from the beach. <laughs> you know, that casual measurement of time that everybody throws out willy-nilly. You don't mind if I loosen my tie, do you? I'm just crazy like that. Hey. <laughs> oh, that's not a real gun. That's my that's my finger and my mouth. <laughs> I'm not a weirdo. You are. Hey, hope you don't mind uh, that I came to work wearing board shorts. I got my uniform up top, but I'm all party down in the bottom. You know what I'm saying? Because oh, 35 oh. hours. <laughs> I'm going to be riding the sweetest waves in Santa Monica. Do you mind <laughs> if I rip some bong hits while we <laughs> sit here and watch this silo? Then, out of nowhere, apropos of nothing. It seems that we're going to geothermal nuclear war. No, no, we we have we have to mention the gun in the first act. Uh, so right in the middle of the beach nymphs part, um, Levitt says, "Hey, uh, what's an eleven-letter word for tenacity?" 
Because he's yeah, he's doing a crossword. He's yes, not he's doing a crossword puzzle. Yes. Yeah. yeah, one of them's uh, reading I, I a spank I... mag, and the other's like, yeah, this is the New York Times crossword puzzle. Yeah. God, they couldn't be a more odd couple. <laughs> How do they live uh, together? Uh, so that's when uh, I think you hear, like, uh, you know, the, the sirens go off, and someone says, Wait, Code Zulu! What is the... What is the word that he comes up with? Because he comes up with an 11-letter word. It's at word. the end. It's at the end, Matt. That's why it's the gun. Well, a gun in the first half. It gets paid off in the end. I miss that. I miss that, guys. Uh, there's yeah. so so the announcement goes off. That's like Code Zulu, and they look at each other, and they have to go to the the top secret box where they have to turn the key at the same time. But it's just a couple of master padlocks. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and master padlocks over um like, oh, plexiglass, like a trapper thin plexiglass. Yeah. Uh, and it they, is they and it is clear that they have not even opened these are just loosely open. Yeah. <laughs> like they get out the binders and enter their code and look at each other and it's the big one, baby. We're launching nukes. Uh so I think they don't they don't they talk to somebody on the phone and say like is this real or whatever? Like I, I, no, no. Um, the lieutenant keeps nervously talking to, like, saying it to the captain. Oh, the captain's oh, like, Turn yeah, your yeah. Key. The yeah, the lieutenant is just like, oh, this can't be real. There's no way. Thirty-five million people. I can't do this. Why did I sign up for this job? Um, and, and then for very for some reason they fasten their seatbelts. What's that? Oh yeah, that was weird. Yeah, he tells hey, them the fastest Strap season. in for the end of the world. Yeah. Uh, the, the music that's playing at that time <laughs> is like... When this silo launches a missile, you're going to see some serious shit. <laughs> <laughs> but take your time, because the silo is not launching a missile for three minutes and 21 seconds. <laughs> cutting to. Like, if the timer was like 10 seconds, 9 seconds... But three minutes and 21 seconds, that's a, that's a lot of time to burn off. Hey, we just got to let a few nukes land to make sure we're doing the right thing. Yeah. Uh, so then eventually there's an explosion that uh, they, they turn their keys, they launch the, the missiles, um, and an explosion that sort of makes the camera rattle a little bit. And uh, there's a mushroom cloud. And, guys, it this is, like, ripped right out of HBO's Chernobyl. Like, it is so <laughs> just realistic and spot on. It's there. Um, so one of the, one of the things that, uh, that they said before they turned the keys was, I thought we, like, wh- weren't we a deterrent? What the hell happened? Um, but, yeah, Jen, uh, the, you know, the place kind of goes bonkers. Sparks fly everywhere. We see the stock footage of the nuke, and uh, that's the end of the first act. Yeah. We will be back with more transmissions from the dark side after this. Cursed by a mummy's tomb. Stabbed by a werewolf. Bit by a zombie vampire. That's Monster Nash. Monster Nash! You're watching the British Emergency Broadcasting System. The estimated date is March or November 2013. It's 19 hours. So now, as usual, it's time for the quiz broadcast. Hello, good evening, and remain indoors. This is the quiz broadcast, coming to you every Friday, the same day as your food parcels. So chow down on a protein fudge, take whatever injections are recommended in your sector, and prepare to enjoy the show! Well, it's between 600 and 750 days since the event, but that hasn't stopped those of us that survive from enjoying ourselves. So let's remain indoors and say hello to our contestants. Hi there. Hello. (sighs) That's the spirit, unknown male 282. So let's get on with the game. First round, things. Fingers on buzzers. What is believed to be the name of this pre-event leader? Uh, Heston Blumenthal? Correct. Multiple choice. Which of Shakespeare's three plays is now thought to be prophetic of the event? 
Is it A, Pericles, B, Cymbeline, or C, Boeing Boeing? <laughs> is it a trick question? It is. <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. Some horrible memory from the event, no doubt. We all get them. Yes, indeed. By night, we all get them. <laughs> Please, everyone, remain indoors. <laughs> remain indoors. Did, uh, did you guys ever see Threads? No. I think it was called Threads. Give me, give me a second. To, Is it to the ABC it. after school special where they cut up the American flag? Uh, no, no, no. It was a movie in the uh, early 80s. Um, a, a movie that was on the BBC, I think, uh, that scarred many a person. Uh, it was about what would happen if a nuclear war started um, and England got bombed. So, you know, most of the cities are completely bombed out. Um, there's there's two main families that they follow. Uh, the the guy is, is getting married to this girl, so it follows her family and his family. Um, almost everybody dies in terrible ways. Uh, there's gangs of looters and criminals going around raping and killing people. Like it's, it is bananas that this aired on TV. Uh, it's there was a I've heard kind about of an this. American yes. version. I I have heard about this, and they only aired it like once because yeah. it was like way too intense. Unlike the oh, day after, upsetting. which you know, yeah, the was... day after was uh, they tried to capture lightning in a bottle, uh, and it. I don't think it worked quite as well because, you know, I, I think that probably things were a little more optimistic in that one. I don't remember it. I haven't watched it since I was a kid, the 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 American one. But I they had threads on Shutter, and I watched it, and it was like Jesus Christ. Like I wanted something light to watch while I was making dinner on a Sunday. That was not it. No. <laughs> I mean, it would be like uh, we could watch the trailer for War Games. Well, I think we're good with what we got. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, we'll just keep the train rolling. Okay. Just keep the train rolling. Choo -choo. So, you know, just uh, keep watching those feel-good post-nuclear war films. God. <laughs> I need a deep laugh. Let's put on the road. <laughs> oh, yeah. nothing makes me feel happier than a little Cormac McCarthy. Cormac Yeah. <laughs> feel-good hit of the summer. All right, and we're back. The screen says, the dot matrix printer says two days, 13 hours. 45 minutes and 18 seconds. I love uh, that his first words, I mean, just driving home this surfer subplot. It's <laughs> like, radical nuclear winner. <laughs> I mean, I can't wait to get out there and shred on some dust what else matt what else what else yeah. <laughs> three more, three more. come on can we to, to carve the the the, the debris what you can't wait to shoot the curl of melted steel yeah there you go too i can't can't wait to sleep in the trunk of a car Oh, it's perfect. Oh. Yeah, you do know your certainly go, doggy daddy. <laughs> Can't wait to shred and rip some bongers with my boys <laughs> down by the full barbecue. Oh my god, we got a fourth. What is this guy on fire? <laughs> just, I just, I just related to this old surf dog in this episode <laughs> so. <laughs> Thing starts in this show, Jen, where we both start out as friends, and then by halfway point, we become <laughs> mortal enemies that just challenge each other to comedy tasks. Oh, what's that one thing you barely said? Let me drill in on it until it feels like. Oh, really, Jen? Do do more of that thing. <laughs> Well, uh, even the cockroaches aren't coming back from this nuclear winter. 
But uh, the lieutenant is like, hey, I think I saw something move out there. Or is it the major who says that? Uh, well, I th- this is this is where they kind of um, hand ring a little bit about like who thought that they could win a nuclear war? Hand ring, hand ring, um, and then they kind of talk about where it started. You uh, certainly will get another piece of of wood with a bigger nail. <laughs> Um, but Levitt, of course, blames the Middle East, where he says, where did it come from? I don't know. Probably the Middle East are terrorists. Um, and that's when, uh, we hear a voice coming out of the speaker and it is, uh, it is another silo. It is barn 36. Uh, and they actually did a split screen, which I wasn't expecting. And so we see, uh, Tyler and Levitt and then Knox and Garza, um, and they, they kind of go back and forth, and nobody really knows what happened. Uh, and Garza says that they're awaiting instructions from Edwards Air Force Base. Uh, and Tyler, I don't know, kind of starts flirting with her, which is like... Yeah, they're having some not... playful banter. She does explain, Knox does explain, when Garza kind of walks away, that his whole family, Garza's, Captain Garza's whole family was at Edwards. Yeah. Uh, and so mm-hmm. a little, he's a little on edge. Yes. I mean, everybody died. Everyone yeah. is dead. Yeah. So I guess everybody should be on edge. Yeah, a little bit. There is a moment where Captain Garza really channels Marvin Berry uh, because they're they're talking. They're so Captain Garza is talking to the lieutenant and the captain, and he's like, "There's something out there. Listen to this." <laughs> You know that sound. You know those you were... family members you've been looking for. <laughs> well, listen to this. This. And let me just tell you, it sounds like nothing. Yeah, you don't know if he's crazy. You don't know if he's uh, starting to get uh, a little, a little cuckoo, a little cuckoo, a little stir crazy. Four days in, or two days in. Two days. Uh, two days. He, he's he's willing to give up the ship. Because he instantly opens the door and walks outside. Yeah, and left the door open. Yeah, I know. Like, we've already ascertained there's a there's a lot of radiation outside. What did he say? Like, oh, it's a hundred rads or whatever. Rads or something like that. Um. So uh, Knox runs and, and closes the door. The single door. There's not like a decontamination chamber. Yeah, there's there's, there's like nothing a, in between the hallway and outside. So they would be dead. Yeah. The, the, this is the thing that's killing me. They're not the underground. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah they're they're yeah. at ground level. Because yeah, they're ground level. There is one door that, as far as I can tell, is like a baby gate. And that's off the teeth of the park from uh, from Nuclear Winter. Right. Like, there is nothing – there is nothing that indicates that they're in a bunker. It looks like they're in an office building with a fiber back end that, mm-hmm. <laughs> that lets them turn the key to launch missiles. They would be dead. They would be wiped out. And when the bomb hits, I mean – that room shakes itself apart worse than a Star Trek episode. Yeah. But he he goes outside because uh, his family is waiting for him and he hears something. And uh, so Knox starts talking to him on the external speaker. Which I I, I didn't know that was a... Because, I didn't know that they, sure. I didn't know silos had intercoms, but okay. And not just... This is the best mic'd silo yep that's mm-hmm. ever existed because no matter where you are outside 50 feet away from the front door loud and clear baby gotcha no yeah. problem uh so he sees someone he sort of wanders off she's trying to talk to him and then you hear what as far as i could tell was a werewolf howl <laughs> it is, it's something he's I like i guess it was supposed to be him screaming but it was like a I have to find my family. Ow! (laughs) (laughs) 
the radiation has turned me into a wolfman. <laughs> Unless he was already a wolfman when he worked there. Who, I mean, really at this point, yeah, who, who's to tell? <laughs> who, who am I to deny a man It's anthology wolfman? horror, baby. Anything can happen. <laughs> Dream with your eyes and your ears. It's anthology horror. <laughs> so he, he he wolfs out, but before he does, there is a moment of actual tension when he's out there. It's like very um, uh, Day of the Dead. That like hello. Oh yeah, yeah, a little bit, yeah, yeah. You know, and um, but then oof, pow, surprise. And it's like, what happened? What happened? By the way, she would be fully contaminated because he just left the, the garage door the open. Door open. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Uh, but with the, the wailing uh, or uh, or Wolfman howl uh, was the end of Act 2. Wow. We're flying through it. Uh, we'll be back with more transmissions from the dark side after this. Did you ever wonder what it would be like to be one of the last people on Earth? We're talking ghost town! Who would you see? There's nobody. I mean, there's nobody. Ah! What would you do? Hey, I'm sorry if the end of the world makes me a little nervous. Where would you go? The stars are up ahead! Well, get ready to find out, because the comet is coming into your orbit. The legal drinking age is now 10, but... You will need ID. Let's be real. It's the night of the comet. What do you give me if I come back? Texas. Night of the comet. I'll be taking requests from all you teenage comet zombies. The night the teenagers ruled the world. Yeah! Night of the comet. The garden of civilization is on us. isn't it? That is like a, that's truly a B movie that is, uh, I I think of it as sort of an underrated gem. I've watched it before, yeah. I've never seen it. Oh, it's great. But now that I know all of it's on YouTube, I might, I might just have to (laughs) snuggle on up. Yeah, treat yourself. The whole world is going crazy. You got to come and it is coming up. I know that it was on uh, Amazon Prime for a while. It might still be on Amazon Prime. Ooh, that'd be even nicer to watch it because then I wouldn't be illegally streaming it. What is the what is the premise of Night of the Comet? Uh, Night of the Comet Ghost is, Earth. and uh, and I think everybody over a certain age dies or or. Uh, young people too. It's like everybody. I I, I think it was just people who. We're in some sort of like insulated space or insulated metal or something like that. Uh, survive so it. So the main she, girl was in the projection room of a movie theater, yep, right? Yep. Her sister was was somewhere. I can't remember where she was. She in like a shed or something like the something the, like that. I can't remember. I thought she was like by the in the pool shed or something. Yeah. Um. So. <clears throat> It's it's almost like a rapture situation. Like the next morning, there's just like piles of like clothing and brick dust. Everybody was basically just sort of vaporized by this comet. Except um, for a couple zombies. <laughs> and yeah, a, a few people were turned into zombies. And then there's also sort of a uh, like government agents that want to uh, like take the people, the survivors, and sort of study them and possibly kill them. And so it's fighting these zombies and fighting these government agents and being teenagers and, you know, going through the mall and having a dress up party and shit like that. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I enjoyed it. It's very 80s. Very 80s. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I've got to see this movie. It's it's Dawn of the Dead meets Valley Girl. I would say. Oh, yeah, that's perfect. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's perfect. I want to see this film. Yeah. All right. And we're back. I wrote down, you'll be dead in six minutes. I don't know what that means, but. I uh, well, I think that, it's I think that. Rabbit, about going outside. 
Yeah, Levitt and Tyler were still at their console, um, and Knox was calling them, and I think they were discussing, like, I think she was discussing going out and looking for him. Yeah, like, they okay. had just nuked the planet. Yeah, she, like, pulls out her little pistol, and she's going to go investigate, and I guess shoot a hole and let in radiation? Well, no, I think she can, I think she said that she can... Let's see. She 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 went over to the window, uh, and she said that she saw something. They're out there. I can hear them. They're waiting. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tyler is the one who wants to go outside, and and go to Barn Thirty Six because they can't be that far away uh, and help her. And that's when uh, Levitt said, "You'll be dead in six minutes." Mm-hmm. Uh, so so when we come come back now they're just they're just having more like chat fun Knox just wants a distraction and like is yes. just wants to make small talk that's when they're doing the it's sort of a like a montage of small talk and yes. it, it, there's the lead in when she says and so I says to her you know Mrs. Harper would you please hand me my sombrero, sombrero. and it's like the most like it's fakey you never had that conversation ma'am you yeah, never yeah. told Mrs. Harper to hand you your sombrero I know I, I know I know how those conversations go. I, I so it says to Mabel's. Mabel's, I says. Yeah. <laughs> give me give me Gloria Dispatch Sunset Strip. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a real heater for the news. so I But I, so... I love that montage because it's just yeah. like he's like I'm from a small town. In a small place. And then she's got her feet up on the desk, just maxing and relaxing. Just, <laughs> you know what? I hear your voice, been in a way. I hear your soul. Wow. Yeah, it's like they really make a connection. I'll, dare well, I goodbye. Say, well, <laughs> well, Sorry, well, just spaced out after that. Well, it is though. It is like, yeah. Hey, I know it, that we have this thing going on over the over the talkie box, but um, I'm gonna go outside and die. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't open the door to nuclear winter. Nah, nah. Uh, but Garza shows back up at the window. You yeah. don't see his face. Uh, yeah. I hear Captain like, oh, Garza. He's okay, he survived. I guess I'll let him in. He's going to tell me what's going on. So I'm good. Yeah, there are survivors. Like yeah, no, that's no, right. No. Captain Garza, he says there were survivors. Yes, there's a whole bunch of them. Uh, so she she goes out to sea just to look. Um, now, at this point, how far away do you think they are from each other? Meaning um, uh, Garza and the lieutenant and our other captain and lieutenant uh the side the the barns how far are the barns yeah uh, i i would like say they're probably well, i'd say they're probably further than a mile right like each barn is a mile apart you think more than that yeah yeah i would i, I would, don't know uh, much about barns or nuclear well because if because if they were going to be nuked right if you had them a mile apart and you were using a really heavy bomb you could get more than one silo with one bomb. Mm-hmm. So you would probably want them, you, you'd probably want them at least 20 miles apart. I mean, okay. I, you know, I'm not a nuclear weapons expert. I'm just saying, like, I, I would think that you would want them kind of far apart. All of this sounds fair. How about right next to each other so they're like kissing cousins? So, like, if I open my door, <laughs> I see your door. <laughs> Does that sound good? Because that's... Yeah, that, that, sounds, that, sounds, that sounds reasonable. Because our lady goes outside to see Garza. Yeah, because he tells her everything's okay. Things are under control now. Um, you know, sorry about the confusion. So she opens the door like a fucking chump. Um, and then gets pulled aside. Caught too. Wouldn't you think that all of these people, like, if your job is going to be the person with the key in these bunkers, like, you're going to have, I would think, at least, like, a half-day workshop with some FAQs that are like, when should I open the door? Should I open the door? What happens when the door gets open? 
what do I do when there's a nuclear attack? What about the door? I, I, this must have been addressed. They act like I, this uh, is... for, Honestly, for a second, Jen, I thought you were going to say a half-day seminar on, like, potentials for mutants. <laughs> like, so if a mutant asks for you to open the door, will well, you open the door? There's at least going to be a Q&A <laughs> where you can ask yeah. that question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but what a... if she's really cute? <laughs> at no point was was there a question like, Okay, so nuclear war happens. We launch. They launch. It's nuclear- you guys don't have to say that every time. You can just go into your questions, okay? Just just ask the question. You don't have to hype. I know all of it begins with nuclear war. So go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Thank all you. right. Cool. Sorry about that. That's okay. Nuclear war happens. Okay, they you launch. Don't- <laughs> so they've launched. We've launched nuclear war. Okay, again, I have another seminar in about 45 minutes, so we're going to need to Where? <laughs> Where is your other seminar? It's in another silo. I, I also work for Starbucks. That's a great question. That's great. Um, okay, okay, sorry. Let me ask my question. Okay, thank you. Go ahead. It is now nuclear winter outside, and we are inside. How, how do we kill ourselves? Because it looks like we're going to be alone forever. What do we do? Uh, well, um, you know, Starbucks has some great coffee drinks for the holiday season coming up. You're at, and you're I, still at the nuclear winter. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, uh, okay, so. They've launched. So people. there's been a war. There's been a nuclear war. Okay. And all the. <laughs> They've launched. We've launched. They've launched. <laughs> Nuclear winter outside. Yeah. What do we do? Because we're inside. We're not going. Uh, I would. So we're going to go to the board again. If you look, uh, number one, talk about surfing. Uh, <laughs> use fun phrases. Radical. Zowie. Hang 10. Chumba Wumba. Great. Any of those work. Okay. Number two, crossword puzzles are always nice. Any other questions? Can we get some cold cuts? Yeah, just fill your pockets. Whatever's left in the hallway. Okay, I gotta go. Everybody get their coupons for Starbucks. <laughs> Coupon? Yes. It's 50 cents off of Frappuccino. Um. Oh, I hear, I, I hear something outside. Wait, I have to go to them. <laughs> My nuclear cats. <laughs> Babies, why are you hissing? So she's out. She's outside. She's outside. She gets jumped. It goes back to the the lieutenant who has a crush on her, and he's like, "I've got to go out there and save her because we're right next to each other." He doesn't even put on a suit or anything. Like, yeah, like put on a jacket, cover your head, and- hold your breath. And, and the captain is like, yeah, don't go out there. Yeah, but don't, don't do it. Don't do and, it. And if you go out there, you can't come back. Yeah. I, I, at one point, he even pulled a gun on, on uh, Tyler and was like, you can't. Don't do it. Don't go out there. Um, Tyler goes anyway. Yes. Door opens. He walks out. Door closes behind him. And then I, this episode, pretty good. Kind of an isolated Twilight Zoney episode, but it goes from good to holy shit. Yeah, it, in the next minute and a half, it took a turn. It took yeah. a turn. He's outside, so, and all of a sudden, she's there. What is her name again? I am sorry. Uh, um, Knox. Knox is there. Knox. Amanda Knox. A man, uh, Amanda <laughs> Knox. She's outside. She's talking to him. She's like, "I'm fine." I'm great. I'm good. Shit's cool, baby. Shit's cool. I'll show you how. She walks. Baby, come out here. Don't look too close at my face. She walks yeah. forward. She is all brow. Yeah. And all fang. She's a vampire, baby. She goes, he saved us. <laughs> to which they do a cutaway. <laughs> To vampire Jesus. <laughs> I wrote, I wrote, wow, Jesus Meatloaf saved us. 
so I've, I've got a couple. I've got a couple. Orange Ian Astbury and a potato sack. Eskimo Danzig. Dollar Store Vigo the Carpathian and Burlap Jesus. <laughs> oh, Vigo the Carpathian is is I like the Danzig is is excellent. They're all excellent, Matt. This <laughs> True. This is this is a turn I did not expect to no, see coming, but I liked it, and like it makes I, sense. I well, and I liked I liked their their explanation of why vampires were the ones who are like, haha, now it's our time. Um, she's saying that like it did. It's this is the new world, uh, Eric. The old world is gone forever. Um, it can be painful or it can be wonderful. It's all up to you. Uh, and then she says that nuclear winter basically gives them eternal night. So now it's their time, right? And then uh, it cuts to um, Levitt inside. And now Tyler wants to come in. Uh, and Levitt's like, no, sorry, dude. <laughs> you went out there. And I think you see his face. And now he's uh, he's he's 100% vampire. Um, and he keeps trying to uh, get in with the security code. So you have to have both people enter the security card to open the door. Uh, he knows his code. And so he starts, he starts with 111111. Enter, didn't work. 111112, enter. Uh, and Tyler is like, what, what, like you're not going to get in. And he's like, oh, we've got all the time in the world. Richard. Rubens. But what was the eleven word? What was the eleven? Oh, oh, you're right. I'm sorry. He says, "Oh, um, do you know what the time?" I thought of an eleven letter word for oh, yeah. uh, tenacity. Yes, it's perseverance. Persist persistence or persistence. I thought and it was perseverance, and then he yeah. and then he said that. So I was wrong. Uh -huh. Executive producer Richard P. Rubenstein. I like the idea of vampires you know, taking over in a post-apocalyptic nuclear wasteland. But I also think of vampires as like organic matter. So I don't understand why vampires wouldn't get, wouldn't get nuked too. Um, well, but they're also supernatural. So, you know, like you can shoot a, a vampire, right? But the bullets won't hurt it. You okay. Can, that's true. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're super, like when we were talking about the Wolfman earlier, I was sitting there and I was like, well, but a wolfman is a curse that you get from getting bit by another wolfman. So technically, like when you're a werewolf and like bullets hit you, like unless they're a silver bullet, nothing really happens to you. You can get hit by, by a car. You're a wolfman. It doesn't hurt you. So I was wondering like what the radiation would do to a wolfman because while he's like, you know, a wolf, probably wouldn't hurt him. But, but wouldn't radiation like – wouldn't the mushroom cloud going off and like the actual nuke event, isn't that just like a huge like amount of sunlight basically? Wouldn't they all fry with that? Oh yeah, that's a good point. But maybe Well no, because no, because the, the, the sun is the actual thing that that gets them, right? Well like it's it's the some symbolism of the sun. The sun is like a symbol of life, right? For mm -hmm. for plant life and for, you know, like mammals and shit. Uh, so that's that's why they can't like go out in the sun and stuff. Okay. I mean, if anybody knows vamp lore, it it, it is you, Matt. Yeah. Well. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um. As far as the writers' room goes, I like. I thought it was a fun episode, and I liked the. I I actually liked the the writing. I think this episode would have would have really benefited from um, higher production value. As, yeah, uh, yeah. mentioned at the beginning. I, I enjoyed the episode. Um, I, I, I laughed so hard, though. At, at Meatloaf. Revelation of the monster. Yeah. <laughs> it, it really is like that moment where you meet Rick James in the Chappelle show sketch. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. and he's got the smoke machine behind him and he's just like hands in front of the camera. I was not expecting the 30 days of night twist. Yeah. Neither was no, I. me either. And I, I don't, 
this is where a bigger production value would have worked better for me because then it could have been like because it's just the four of them it's like there's no stakes really like there's no possible way by the time we get to the end you know you took out three people if i were the guy inside i'd be like let's go I mean, there's no, why is he in there anymore? Mm-hmm. I want I don't want to be a vampire. Like, you're going to die or you're going to be a vampire. Let's be a vampire. It's going to be pretty hard to find food if you're a vampire. Well, yeah, I was, I was thinking the same thing. Well, that's yeah. what I was thinking. Like, it would be more interesting for them to have let the vampire in and had all four of them in the same place. I don't know. Make it like Alien, I guess. That that if I were to rewrite it, yeah, I'd, I'd probably make it a little bit more like Alien or the Thing. But it's not Alien, and it's not the Thing. It's monsters, and you know, good on them. They tried. <laughs> the um the outside uh, did remind me a lot of LV four twenty six though. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I I give them credit for that, I guess. Yeah, th- um, that's what I'm saying. It's like it's a good, it's a good episode. The vampire thing is just a hell of a twist. When they could have just used mutate mutants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then for as hot as it was supposed to be outside, they all certainly opened the door pretty cavalierly. Yeah, it's yeah, supposed to be yeah. 600 degrees out there, and they're all like, "Well, I better get in my short skins." <laughs> all right jen give us a scale oh god uh a uh, scale of one to ten issues of surfer babe magazine seven yeah it's a seven uh i was gonna give it six and a half cool that's pretty close to a seven yeah, it is um i I believe this is one of the first episodes of 2021. Yeah. So um, I hope that everybody had a safe and happy holiday. Happy New Year. Happy, uh, happy New Year. Happy vaccine. Yes. Jesus. God. Here's to 2021 not being a complete dumpster fire. Or at least not being 2020. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Correct. Um, we hope that you're I, well. I think this might be the year that we take up the... Um, the tradition of burning the cal- the calendar of the year before. Uh, I know friends who do that uh, already, oh, but I, I think this is a year that I kind of want to burn that, that 2020 calendar. Yeah, for real. I, I, I've never heard of that before. That's a pretty cool ritual. Yeah. It's a nice one. Yeah. Yeah. So I just hope that uh, everybody out there listening is doing well and that you and yours are all right. Um, we love you. We miss you. Yeah. And we hope to see you soon. Guys, did I forget anything? Try to enjoy Try the, to enjoy the daylight. daylight. Try to enjoy the daylight. Bye. 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 Transmissions from the Dark Side is hosted and recorded by Jen Hanson, Matt Rose, and Matt Noss. Edited by Matt Noss. Hosted by Gabber Media. Our theme music was composed and performed by Slasher Dave. You can find him on Bellyache Records. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr at T from the Dark Side. And on Twitter at TFTDS Pod. Email us at T from the Dark Side at gmail.com. Until next time, try to enjoy the daylight.